This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. Don't wait for an event. You've got them all the time. Care continuously. But I am here now. So spend the time with me. So what he's saying is your first priority should be to seize the opportunities to spend personal time with the Lord. That should be your priority. Spend personal time with the Lord. See, it's in our time with the Lord, our personal time with the Lord, that we are refueled. That we are given insight. That we are inspired to trust Him to such a level that we can take the various oils of our life that God has blessed us with and pour them out lavishly, not caring about the cost. Everything a Christian can ever do in ministry, all the changed lives, the greatest sermons, the people you pray for, all of it starts in your own heart. More specifically, it starts in your alone time with God where He changes your heart. Pastor Troy is going to remind you today how important it is to make sure you spend that quality one-on-one time with God on a daily basis. He should be your priority. He should be most important in your heart. And he should be your source of joy and strength and peace in life. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, Do You Love the Lord? God knows what's going on in our hearts, in our lives, and that's what he looks for, the reality not the appearance of things. So the question is, do you love him? Then we take what he gives us and we thank him for it and we offer these things to him. We're all very different. Paul described us as a body, like a human body. Each member very different in function. You know, I got two hands here, but I never really rely on this hand to throw the ball to someone, not unless somebody, I'm going to hurt. You know, somebody's going to get hurt because that ball is going somewhere other than where exactly I want it to go. But this hand, I used to throw. And little kids get confused because when they first get their first glove, they think they need a glove for this hand because this is my main hand. I need one for this hand. But the problem is, uh, this hand's got to throw. You're right, it's your main hand, but you've got to have it free to throw, which means this one will. Ca- this one has a purpose. It'll catch. Not only that, but did you know for this hand to throw properly, it still needs this hand because we balance. Your other hand's like bringing some momentum in. This hand does what it does well because this hand's doing what it's supposed to do, to help. Doesn't realize it, doesn't think about it. My right hand can put my left hand down all it wants to, but hey, if it's not there, my right hand's going to suffer. We're all different. We're all part of the body, though. So the body is to function together. Some are drawn to the prayer ministry and not to the cleaning ministry. Vice versa, some are drawn to the cleaning ministry and they've had a bad experience with the prayer ministry thinking it's only a gossip session. Some serve the Lord wherever necessary. Whenever necessary, I'm there. These can be the ones who get the most favor. Pastors can have an eye because it's so useful, so practical that you can go, they must be the more mature, but that's not always necessarily true. 
Someone who's always available, always willing to be there, maybe trying to get away from their home. I don't want to be home around my wife. I'm here serving the Lord. Thank God. Anything else you need? I just love the Lord. And it's not the case at all. But you don't know that. But God does. So some serve the Lord wherever necessary, but others, they're more pointed in where they serve, maybe their time. But when they do, they, have, they give an abundance. They give a lot of help, or they give large donations, or whatever it might be, but they give. And it all equals out to be the same. It's from our heart to the Lord, and it benefits the body of Christ. It's okay to be different, and it's okay to be you. Just make sure that you worship the Lord with what he's given you and that you function in the body. Don't just go and I want a car and I'm going to buy this car and I'm going to pour out lavishly on this car to make sure that people know I am blessed of the Lord. That's not, that's the wrong worship. It's the wrong kind of worship. See, Mary, when she got this anointing oil, she poured it all out on the Lord. She poured it all out as if it didn't matter to her if she kept any of it. So, there are different forms of worship and expressions and personalities and relationships. All we need to do is make sure we acknowledge what God has given to us, what we have, our experiences, our wealth, everything that we have, and make sure that we worship the Lord with it. In other words, let it go to work for the glory of God in the body of Christ. Look at verse 4. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Mm. So let's talk about dangerous discipleship or the dangers of discipleship. There's a beautiful scene here pointed out different Forms of worshiping the Lord. Mary's serving the Lord, and uh, Lazarus is sitting there with them, giving full attention. Mary is, again, at his feet, pouring out the costly, fragrant oil. Beautiful scene. And then Judas says something. It's like the person who, man, God's in the middle of something, and then the person comes in who doesn't even think about God at all, just kind of ruins the whole thing. I understand it. Um, when you have young kids, you want to pray and you want to worship, you're like, oh, this is a beautiful moment here. Wow! Or daddy, daddy, daddy. Like, this is not like it used to be. It's not like it once was. I mean, I just got to worship the Lord, you know, but then you start to realize worshiping the Lord isn't always the merry time at the feet with the fragrant oil. There comes periods of our time where worshiping the Lord is, uh, you got seven weeks of dishes to do. You bought three more dishes kits 17 more bags of underwear, it's time to make some progress and worship the Lord in that manner. That happens. But I'm still, I'm just dumping some fragrant oil on it. It doesn't smell anymore. There comes a time where we work and we serve the Lord practically, not just emotionally. So there's this dangerous discipleship that can take place. It sounds like Judas is making sense, doesn't it? I mean, Let's not be wasteful. That's practical. Let's not be wasteful. Even You could even bring Jesus. Jesus doesn't care about oil. So we could even use Jesus in this. But in this case, it actually reveals some misplaced priorities and reveals that Jesus, or excuse me, reveals that Judas has a personal agenda. 
We always seem to speak up whenever we have a personal agenda that's not going to be met. Judas does here. You know, some can say things that sound so noble, and yet they're really promoting their own agenda. They have their own agenda they want attached. And guys, we got to be clear about this. We can say, hey, let's do this ministry and do these things out there. But if our motivation is something self-seeking that has nothing to do with godliness or others, then we can do some noble things. But God looks at the motivation of our heart for doing those things. Say a couple decides that they want to get married on a specific date. They've been praying. They met on that date. And this date is going to be wonderful. Oh, we can't wait. This is going to be beautiful. It's, it's an anniversary. And so they want to get married on that date. They talk to a wedding coordinator who they know and love, their friend. And so the friend is an experienced wedding coordinator. But in talking with them, feeling their excitement says, you know, that weekend is a weekend after holiday. And really, it's going to be hard for people to take time off and get there and do those things. I wouldn't do it that weekend. Well, their heart's set. It's a weekend that they had planned. It's a, and it may sound like good, reasonable counsel. Maybe it is. However, let's say we plow in a little further. And what we find out is that's the same weekend that this wedding coordinator friend realized there was going to be a concert that she really wanted to attend. And so her motivation was really, I don't want to be busy on that weekend. Let's move this wedding. And so giving the most noble wise, experienced counsel, she moves the wedding. God does not look at the fact that that was actually a good idea. God looks at the motive of the heart for the idea. See, sacrifice was required. Was there love in that relationship? So it sounds very helpful, but you discover there's something deeper. Judas speaks up because wasting the oil had nothing to do with the poor, but his ability to access the money. He had his own motivations. That's his relationship with the Lord. It's still very selfish, very self-centered. It's been said, how we filter what we see with our eyes depends upon what's going on in our heart. You know, if you love or admire someone, then it's like they can do no wrong. This is why they call love blind. Love is blind. You know, you can see all of the red flags. Go, this person doesn't do this. They do this. They're never there for this. They, they forgot your name three times. You know, you could say all of this, but if they love them, if they're infatuated, it's like, oh, but you don't understand. They're so busy. Oh, you know, this and that. And you make all the excuses because love, you can't do anything wrong because the eyes you're looking through. Now, let's flip the coin. If you don't like someone, they can do no right. Even the good stuff that they do, you go, they they must have had an ulterior motive. They're just not good people. I know them. And then there's always some ulterior motive given to them. This is kind of why God said, the Lord said, we need to avoid bitterness in our heart at all costs because we are not able to see clearly or make good judgments when we have bitterness in our hearts. It affects us. We just can't make good decisions and we can't process clearly. So Judas shows up. And he shows us this, that someone can actually be around the Lord, be around his word, be around his people, be around his power. Because remember, Judas was among the disciples who went out and God's power was displayed through them as they went out in twos to go witness. Judas was among them. So he was around the word of the Lord. He was around the Lord himself, his people, and his power. And he represents the fact that someone can do all of these things and still 
not let go of themselves enough or so that they are actually transformed by the Lord. Judas was with him. This is what's so dangerous about discipleship, the word of God. See, if you don't let God's word change you, God's word will harden you. God's word has the potential to harden you because you can only hear something so long without responding to it before you get numb to the message altogether. That's called hardening, callousing. It's a hardening of the heart. And you don't hear. You're not soft toward it anymore. God's word doesn't pierce and you go, man, I got to, oh man, Lord, I need to honor you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me. That doesn't happen anymore. And it's a very dangerous thing to be around the Lord and around his word and around his people and to not let it change you. That's dangerous discipleship, and Judas shows us it can happen. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on building on the solid rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's Word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about building on the solid rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. But Jesus speaks up, verse 7. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. All right, let's talk about divine stewardship, which is a part of any relationship. What Jesus is saying is, look, she got this for my burial. She got this for my burial, so leave her alone and let her use it as she sees fit. That's what she got this for was my burial. Now, Jesus already knows that she's not going to get to use this costly oil for his burial. Because remember, it's a Passover and they have to go away. And then when the girls do finally come with all of the oil and the spices, go anoint his body, he's already raised. So she won't get to use this on him then. And Jesus already knows that. But I want you to understand something else. It's easy to miss. Jesus is also inferring that Mary has let something sink into her understanding that the others still don't seem to grasp. And that is, he's gonna die. He's been trying to tell his disciples, he's been saying this, I'm gonna be buried and raised, and no way, uh uh-uh, not gonna happen. But Mary is actually prepared for it with this oil. I'm gonna use this. When he goes, I'm gonna use this. One thing that we know about Mary is that she was always at the Lord's feet. And maybe that's the secret to hearing and perceiving, not just hearing alone, but hearing and perceiving the word of the Lord is time at his feet, to sit at his feet. To sit at his feet for us simply means to give time and attention to. When the words are spoken, you process and you consider. It's important to me to hear. And the process. If you want to sit at Jesus' feet, then there's a trend in our Christian world, and that is toward academic study of the Bible, which is okay, but it's, beca- it's began to replace now. 
We're dotting this and dotting this and okay, the temple and the tavern, okay, that the coverings, oh, and then Jesus, and we're so into connecting dots about the Bible that we're not doing the one thing that is important with the Bible, and that is simply listening to what God wants to say to you. To do that, you don't join a study group. To do that, you go off by yourself, and you take the word of God, and you spend time with the Lord. You know, study groups are great, but the conversation goes every which direction. And so you don't get to really focus on what's in your heart. But when you get out and you get alone with the Lord, you begin to hear the Lord. And he speaks to you about you, not Mary, and not Martha, and not the others, but about you. And it's time that we desperately need with the Lord. So, if we spend time with the Lord, then we get closer to the Lord. Now, Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't care about the poor and worship the Lord. He's simply quoting Deuteronomy where it said, there will always be the poor among you, so care continuously. In other words, don't wait for an event. You've got them all the time. Care continuously, but I am here now, so spend the time with me. So what he's saying is your first priority should be to seize the opportunities to spend personal time with the Lord. That should be your priority. Spend personal time with the Lord. See, it's in our time with the Lord, our personal time with the Lord, that we are refueled. That we are given insight. That we are inspired to trust him to such a level that we can take the various oils of our life that God has blessed us with and pour them out lavishly, not caring about the cost. We need that time with him. Do you know, I think this is one of the reasons that Jesus told Martha that she was worried about too much serving. You know, Jesus didn't tell Martha that, hey, Mary's worship is better than your serving. That's not what Jesus said. They're two different people. That would be like to go, wow, he doesn't like me because she was a servant. What Jesus was saying is she's chosen the better part. It's really the same thing, but there are different parts to our service. You see, service without devotion is just work. Even the world works. But devotion that inspires or leads to service, that is worship. And so that part that Mary had is the better part. If you're going to do one or the other, you need this time to lead to that time rather than just that time. Because the Lord said, hey, look, you got a lot of works going on, Ephesians, but you left your first love. Where's my time? Where's time with me? We have all been given divine stewardship. Every one of you, every one of us, we have time that God has given us to spend. We have talent and experience that God has given us. We have treasure, resources that God has given us. So let me ask you this about those. Are you just working with them? Are they just working for you? Or are you worshiping with them? Divine relationship first. Let it inspire how you use all that God's given you. Now look at verse 9. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Finally, 
deceptive censorship. This is part of a relationship too. The relationship is, I don't believe in him. I don't want others to believe in him. And so let me exclude some evidence. Let me, let me hide it. Hide things that might prove that he exists. The news of Lazarus' resurrection had spread. And some were not happy about this because they have their own agenda that Lazarus' resurrection does not fit into. So as the camera pans from the inside, the inside group, to the outside, we see a group who are trying to catch a glimpse of Lazarus. Golly, this guy is alive. He was dead. Are you sure he was dead? And they've heard about all of this. And they hate it. And they plot to kill him because Lazarus now stands as evidence that Jesus is who he claims to be and has that kind of power and authority. They're trying to get rid of the evidence, which is a deceptive censorship, so that people won't believe. They're excluding certain things. Their motivation is a hatred for Jesus, but then now they're being moved forward because of Lazarus. Okay, it was just Jesus, and we knew we had to get rid of him, but now there's this guy. We've got to get rid of him all the more soon. The evidence is there, but they're blinded by their own agenda. Or here's how the scripture puts it. The scripture sees that there's someone else behind the blinding of a man. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Those whose minds the God of this age, little g God of this age, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There is an invisible enemy who's trying to get us distracted and deceiving us and trying to withhold information that there is a God who loves us, who cares about us. He knows about how you love and how you feel loved, and he wants to do anything he can to cause you not to feel loved. And for you to love each other the wrong ways or inappropriately so that life and the world gets messed up. So what is your relationship with the Lord like? Do you have a healthy, balanced relationship with the Lord? It's impossible to be neutral. I know we mentioned that relationship before, but honestly, it's impossible to be neutral concerning Christ. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty three, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. In other words, if you're not part of the work, you're in the way of the work. Think about Christians. Christians who compromise in the world. And they go, well, they'll embrace a little of this belief and a little of that belief and a little of this and that. When the world looks at Christians and they look at what is Christianity all about, they can use that group, that entire group to go, yeah, Christians are confused. Christians tolerate. Christians this. Christians that. And the whole witness is compromised. They're not working with. They're working against. And so, guys, do you love him? I tell you this, he loves you. And he sent his son, Christ, Jesus, to die on the cross so that he could have a relationship with you. Now, if you don't have that relationship with him today, You've never heard the Lord speaking to your heart and guiding you and comforting you and giving you wisdom in the moments where you need it. Then maybe today the Lord is reaching out to you to offer that relationship. Maybe you're a Christian today and you just had a lack of love or emotion or involvement in the things of the Lord. 
Maybe today the Lord is calling you to return, to open up your heart, to be vulnerable, and to let God do what He wants to do. If God's speaking to your heart today at all about having a greater love for Him or for others or receiving His love for yourself, then this call is going to be for you. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come